And when the broken-hearted people living in the world agree, there will be an answer, let it be. For though they may be parted, there is still a chance that they will see. There will be an answer, let it be. Welcome to Green and Gold Forever. I'm Eric Drews, broadcasting from Appleton, Wisconsin, joined shortly here by Chris Zarnick. And every year, the contingency on any Green Bay Packers prediction is if Aaron Rodgers stays healthy. And unfortunately, for the second time in five years, uh, Aaron Rodgers has suffered a broken collarbone, this time to his right throwing shoulder. Um, it was announced earlier this afternoon that he would have to have surgery, but still not much uh, prognosis as to how long he'll be out other than the Packers uncharacteristically saying he could be out for the rest of the regular season. Uh, maybe I should mention what seems so trivial right now. They did lose to the Minnesota Vikings 23-10. to But Chris, um, there's a lot of different ways to take this. But to me, it, this is just a sad day. And there's a lot of season left, and, and we'll talk about that. But it feels a bit like Somebody just told me that uh, Christmas and Thanksgiving are canceled. Yeah, it, it feels like all of Wisconsin got kicked in the gut <laughs> yesterday, and and we felt this uh, this feeling once before, and and we've we've had so many years where the Green Bay Packer quarterback was a consistent entity along the way, and um, you know, Favre forever didn't miss a game for you know twelve thirteen years. And here we have Aaron Rodgers, who rarely misses a game and, and certainly missed uh, some period of time with a broken collarbone four years ago. Um, but, you know, we don't really talk about uh, Aaron Rodgers and the quarterback going down like other teams do. Mm-hmm. We've almost forgotten what it's like to lose your quarterback. And, you know, we lose other players, but we're forever saying, boy, as long as we have Aaron Rodgers, you know, we have a shot. And And then when you don't have Aaron Rodgers, you start thinking, do we still have a shot? <laughs> and I, I agree. That part was so hard to swallow for starters. I mean, 30 hours ago, we are penciled in to win the NFC, go to the Super Bowl. There's no elite teams in the NFL. The Packers are as good as anybody. And now, in an instant, you are fighting for your playoff life and probably a middle-of-the-road team at best. Right now, and and we'll see what happens. So there's a lot left to be known about our new quarterback. But to go from there to there, I've seen a lot of people say things like, "Well, you never." The fans that are sad today, you wouldn't have made it in the '70s and the '80s. Uh-huh. I've been a Brewers fan. Right. <laughs> it's not the same when you don't expect anything and nothing happens. When you ex and and yes, you maybe shouldn't have those expectations, but when you are believing that this has a chance to be a special season and not only do you lose that but also you lose 
a prime year of Aaron Rodgers' career as a pure football fan, Packers fan or not, that's devastating for someone as good as him. You're losing perhaps his last prime season. Right, and you, you know, at 33 or 34 years old, I'm not sure exactly which one he is. He's almost know, 34. Yeah, so almost 34 years old. You know, four years ago when he was 30, you went, well, this is bad, but he still has 10 years to play. And, um, you know, listen, there's there's another part to this, and that is that people, as people get older, you just, you know, your body reacts differently and it heals more slowly. Um, the, the, the Right before the game, I was listening to the pregame, and they were talking about, listen, we're 4-1, and one, and, you know, of course you go in and you beat the Vikings, it'll be a tough game, but Aaron Rodgers will pull it out, and then you've got the Saints, and the Saints can't stop anybody, and then you have your bye, and so they're they're already penciling themselves in as being, you know, 7-1 and one, coming out of the bye, and, uh, and, and almost like, you know, it's when you think, when you get too far ahead of yourself <laughs> – you forget that there's this, this amazingly important cog there, and, and it's the unstated thing as long as nothing happens to Aaron Rodgers. So um, I, I can't remember being this disappointed. Um, even when he went down last time, yeah. Um, I, I don't know why. Like I, I just he, he, maybe it was because he, he felt like he was Superman. And he was yeah. a young man. And he was going to come back, and there's no question about whether we, he would come back. And there wasn't really even right when it happened. There weren't any questions about you know will he be back by the end of the season. It's can we hold out? Yeah. Until the end of the season, and of course, just barely, but we did. And then he comes back and throws the heroic pass against Chicago, and. Um, this is different. Mm-hmm. This is this is to a sh- throwing shoulder, and people are asking the, what the difference is. They're saying, well, you know, it happened four years ago, and it was seven games. What's the difference? Well, the difference is, uh, at least as the only difference I can see so far, because they haven't released yeah. the medical report, is that this one's to his throwing shoulder. And so when you, if you think about throwing a football, and you think about torque, the torque that you put on as you rotate your shoulder through, where does all that torque? generate right yeah right on your collarbone and so if you're if you if it's your off uh, arm you're not generating that kind of torque on the collarbone so I, my guess is that you can heal it 85 yeah. percent and you'll be fine as long as you don't get hit because all the stress is going on the other side this is the side that matters yeah so if people are wondering why it's so different i think that's the reason it's different uh you know i, I will tell you this if they let it heal on its own there's a chance he comes back if he has surgery my understanding is, um, you know, he's done for the year and we're just looking at next year. And they were talking this afternoon, it was kind of late breaking, that he's going to have surgery. Oh, boy. And some of the thoughts are that he might expedite the healing. Just you'll get it set. You don't have to wait so long. But they still have no timetable. And I agree that this feels much, much worse than 2013. He was 29 years old, not yet 30 in 2013. You felt like, gosh, it sucks that you're losing him for a season, but... Next year, he'll be fine. He'll be fine after that. He's going to turn 35 in the middle of next season. And I did some, um, you know, I always have to look at some of the statistical data. So the average age of like your Pro Bowl quarterback is 29 years old. Okay. And I looked at all of the modern era Hall of Famers. Their prime pretty consistently, if you look at kind of the curve of the way their stats go, it's age 27 to 34. And he's going to be 34, turn 35 in the middle of next year. And the thing that... Not only are you concerned about his play potentially going down, and obviously there are exceptions with mm-hmm. Peyton Manning and and with mm-hmm. with Favre and and you know Tom Brady's certainly tearing it up, but his play might change for one. Um, it, it, now he's got a memory of an injury in each collarbone. He's had some concussions, so can he be that special player that extends the plays? 
And also, you look at all of the, I looked at all of the modern Hall of Fame quarterbacks. It's like 32 of them. I also threw in like the class of uh, 2004 and Brady and Manning and the guys who aren't right. in yet. And about 40% of them that um, got that far, that played that long, had significant um, playing time lost after age 35. I mean, most of the guys, you have Montana and um, Greasy and Tarkington and Stabler, Peyton Manning, Steve Young, Joe Mon- I said Montana already, all of those guys lost significant chunks of a post-35 season, even if they came back after. So now we've gone to where, wow, we would love a chance to get another Super Bowl. And we're thinking this is our best chance. You start looking at contracts, you start looking at Aaron Rodgers' age, it's, there's a very good chance that the prime of the Aaron Rodgers era in Green Bay was lost yesterday. Yeah, it's, it, yeah it could be over. You know, when you look at some of the other uh, quarterbacks that have had success later in their year, remember that many of them were surrounded by people who are in the Hall of Fame as well. Yeah. So, so you know, people would say, well, um, you know, Brady carries, the, uh, Brady carries the Patriots and he's 40 years old. But you had Wes Welker and you had Randy Moss come over and you had, you know, people on the defensive side. You had Richard Seymour for a period of time. There were really stars around them. And so we're, they were carrying a portion of the team. Aaron Rodgers, it, it, it became very clear after he went out yesterday, Aaron Rodgers had, has had this team on his shoulder yeah. <laughs> about as long as you can remember. And uh, when we look at the talent, we say, well, oh, well, now the defense really has to step up. Who really believes at this point that that's possible? <laughs> I mean, who really yeah. believes, considering the conversations we've had, considering that there aren't any significant changes, the, the fact that people are going up and down on the field, that people that are, uh, are cornerbacks and our, and our safeties are not, uh, are not covering people, who really believes that we're going to win the next game we have 10-7? to 7? Yeah. I, I, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm nervous. Uh, I'm nervous that this is, um, and not only that, um, when 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 you can make Superman bleed, yeah, yeah. he becomes more vulnerable. Absolutely. And unfortunately, and, and listen, I, I am not a fan of the hit. I'm just going to come right out yep. and say it. I don't care if uh, I'm a homer or not. Um, Barr saw him release the pass, looked him dead in the eye, followed through on the tap, tackle, and buried him in the in the ground. And I have a you know I have a brother-in-law who's a, a big Viking fan. He said, "Oh, that's not a dirty hit." Um, it was a legal hit. Yep. Yeah. No. You know, Not no, the same. No flags. Uh, you know. And so um, there was an article today that talked about that that we have to take that that play out of there. And they say, oh, you can't take it out of there. You, you might as well put a dress on the quarterbacks. Well, remember when Brady went down with his knee injury and lost that whole season? The next year, the rule came in. What you can't hit the quarterback. Yeah. Well. And people said, oh, they won't be able to play football because now you're you know there's too much protection for the quarterback. And the league kept going, and it became more popular, yeah. and we just stopped hitting quarterbacks in the knees. Listen, quarterbacks run the league. They do. They yeah. just It used to be running backs. I mean, if you think in the 70s and some of the 80s, quarterbacks run the league. And so if you're the league office, and this is a billion-dollar franchise, yeah. losing Aaron Rodgers, I mean, for, forget about the game, forget yeah. about the rules, forget about you know who should be tough and, and who should what's a hit and not to hit. You're protecting a billion-dollar franchise. Here. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, Richard Sherman said it in his tweet that the, that the league is better with Aaron Rodgers in it than mm-hmm. it is without. So I, I think I, – listen, I, I just plain think it dirty – I call it dirty, call it unnecessary. 
Um, the ball was gone. Yeah, way gone. Way gone. And, uh, and of course, Martellus Bennett dropped it, which is now completely <laughs> a footnote. Yeah. But um, he could have fair caught that, that uh, pass that came to him, yeah. and he still dropped it. I think when we were texting yesterday, you were bringing up some of those things and, uh, you know, the Bennett drop, and I'm like – Chris, it feels a bit like talking about the chilly air on the deck of the sinking Titanic. Yeah, exactly right. It's uh, you know, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play kind of thing? <laughs> um, but 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 so so I'm I'm upset about the hit. Uh, I'm upset about the fact that um, uh, you know that that the league is worse now because of it. But your point about have we you know have we really uh, not taken advantage of Aaron Rodgers' best years? Your your analysis is fantastic. Who gets better after 35? Yeah. Not many. Not many. And two that did didn't play for the teams that they had been so good with. If you're talking Favre or Manning, I mean, weird things happen. And that's one of the things I wanted to talk about uh, because that's why I'm so sad today. I hope they make a rule change because you need these quarterbacks on the field. I've complained about there's too much offense and it's too easy for the quarterbacks, but I don't want to watch Jacoby Brissett against Matt Castle tonight. <laughs> it, it's week six. In my neighborhood, most of the trees still have green leaves, and it looked like the fourth preseason game for both teams yesterday. Find a way to keep these stars on the field. And it's it's almost an impossible task for the NFL. It It feels a bit like we're reaching the limits of what humans can do with all of these injuries. But I think that's the thing that's so upsetting to me is that we've been robbed, essentially, 10 games in all likelihood of Aaron Rodgers' 33-year-old, 34-year-old season. We lost seven or eight games of the uh, 29- and 30-year season of Aaron Rodgers. He's, as far as I could tell, other than Joe Namath and Kurt Warner, he's the only Hall of Fame quarterback who missed two prime seasons. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know you you can you can do the league can do whatever it wants. Listen, we we said uh, kickoffs are too dangerous, and so we changed the rule. And now you know nobody runs back a kickoff, and the NFL is just fine. And it keeps oh we can't take that. It's too an exciting play, and we took it out, and the league is fine. <laughs> and so uh, again, if if you don't protect these quarterbacks, even more than you do now, yeah, um, you're going to be watching bad college football. For you know, past the seventh, eighth game of the season every year. Without any of the pageantry or the stuff that makes right. college football fun. Because you're essentially cheering for the stadium and the uniform and the town in college. You know, nobody's going to care about the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, if, if Leonard Fournette's injury would have been real or, or whatever. Okay, here is the challenge for me as a fan going forward. I mentioned Brett Favre. I mentioned Peyton Manning. Aaron Rodgers will be th- turned 35 years old in the middle of next season. Brett Hundley is 24. How do I watch the last 10 games of this season? You're conditioned as a Packer fan because we're so used to being a Super Bowl contender. I want every single player to perform their best and dominate and win every single game. If that happens, let's say craziest, you know, this is going to be a weird day and a weird podcast. We'll be more reasonable next week. This is kind of the sky is falling yeah, we're, episode. We're, we're in trouble right now, yeah. If Brett Hunley wins 10 games or wins 8 and plays like Dak Prescott and they go on a run in the Super Bowl, if I'm cheering for the Packers to win every game from this point on, like normal, and that happens, what do we do next year? <laughs> now we have Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre separation, and as much as I love Aaron Rodgers, there's no reconciliation five years, ten years, twenty years later right. if you have that same falling out with Rodgers. And then on the flip side, if Brett Hundley is terrible, which I've heard a lot of people cheer for, wow, then we get a high draft pick. So you want... 
Ted Thompson, who built a team that can't win more than a couple games without Aaron Rodgers, to be in charge of your top ten draft pick? a terrible record in the first round uh, with his draft choices. And, and, and what are you going to take? Right, yeah. right, so who are you going to take? You spent the last, you know, you've got six first and second round draft choices on defense over the last three years. Yeah. So who are you going to take that is magically going to make this better, even if you do get a great draft choice? And if you do get a really great draft choice, unfortunately, and Brett Hundley's bad, and you've got a 35-year-old quarterback, guess who you have to take? <laughs> exactly. You have to take a quarterback. And then you have a whole big mess, and I can't foresee a scenario where they're bad enough without Aaron Rodgers to where McCarthy or Thompson goes anywhere. I, I don't think so. I, you know, th- that's the trouble, and we'll get into it later, yeah. the whole... You know, I have I have real, real difficulties with Dom Capers this week for very specific reasons. Sometimes people talk about generalities, but we'll point out a couple of things today mm-hmm. that are just absolutely mind-blowingly bad. Um, but but this uh, this group now has an excuse. Well, you know, we had a bad season, right? Aaron Rodgers got hurt. There was nothing we could do, and they get a pass. Even though that we were right on the edge of, hey, if this team doesn't win now, you guys have had the draft choice all along. You created the team and the image that you wanted. And if we didn't win this year, we could say, okay, well, it's got to be scheme, right? It's players are scheme. Yep. We've been talking about that since the very first podcast I did with you. Players are scheme. We were getting to the place where we were saying, it's scheme. Yeah, It's scheme because we've you know, got the players. It's either scheme or the choices of the players that you yeah, have, yeah, obviously. Yeah. And that's part of the scheme as well. Um, so, so, you know, listen, uh, it's the only time right now is the only time I'm happy I lived through the seventies and eighties as a Packer <laughs> fan. They're going to be bad. Yeah. I, I'm really, you know, we were, uh, Aaron Rodgers was keeping the sinking ship afloat and, and who's the star player, right? Who's your star player? Devontae Adams, only if somebody can get him the ball. Yeah. Right. Same with Jordy, uh, Jordy Nelson. Um, you don't have a star running back. You don't have a dominating defense. You don't have Eddie Lacy to put the team on his back like you did in 2013. Oh, and by the way, do you think now it would have been important to see if we could run the ball in the preseason? Yeah, perhaps. I know we're going back to that, you know, four weeks, and this is this is Chris's first and hopefully only yeah. I told you so, but oh my gosh, like this is the worst possible situation. Now we don't have yeah. a quarterback and can't run the ball. I would love to play defense against that offense. Well, the way they've been playing, though, with all of the injuries piling up, had you been trying to learn how to run the ball in the preseason, Dean Lowry would be an offensive lineman with how many different uh, injuries they've had. I mean, they I've never seen injuries at this rate before, and that's why I'm confused as to – this is just such a weird day. Yesterday morning – it's exciting. We're going to possibly win a Super Bowl. That's why it's so frustrating to see Atlanta be so bad and New England in a dogfight with the Jets. This is the first time since 2010 that there isn't some dominating team that you'd see from afar and be like, we can't beat them. Right. right. If, if we get there, we got a shot maybe one out of ten times and maybe we'll get lucky. But we're not beating Seattle or we're not beating Carolina. We can't beat Denver or the Patriots in the Super Bowl. None of those teams are there. And so then you have that happen and then you have all the other injuries on top of it, not only for the Packers, but for every team. Right, I mean, right. I'm as close as I'll ever be to this football stuff is not meant for us. Well, let me, let me go back to your point about all the injuries on the offensive line. So go back and take a look what the offensive lineman got, uh, got hurt. Did they get hurt on running plays? My argument is no, because running plays, you are initiating contact, you know exactly where you're going, and you don't have people rolling into the back of your legs because they're pass rushing around the edge. So many 
of the injuries to offensive linemen happen on passing plays because they have their back to everything. They have, they have no control over where they're going. They have to react to somebody else, and there's forever people flying at the back mm-hmm. of their legs. If you're drive blocking, yeah. there's nobody but the running back behind you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so other than getting your leg twisted in the pile or something, you're initiating contact. You know where you're going. You have good uh, foot plant every place you go, and nobody's going to roll into you except your running back, and he's not going to roll over the back of your legs. Yeah. So if we could run the ball. Yeah. So, sorry. If we could run the ball, would, would those offensive linemen still be on the sidelines in a healthy condition? I, I, you know, I, I don't yeah. know. But as a coach, I will tell you, we know that offensive linemen uh, love to drive block for a lot of reasons. And yeah. one of them is that they are delivering the punishment instead of receiving the punishment. Yeah. And uh, that's catching up with us now. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I, I think your point definitely has merit, but th- that the rate that it's been happening, it's not like they've been a power run team through all these years. And they've all, you're always going to have injuries on the offensive line, but th- that's what's so frustrating is, you hear people, well, why didn't they have a better offensive line? I'm like, they have people that were on other teams' practice squads playing right now. (laughs) Right. I mean, this is ridiculous. And I know that it would be irresponsible to even go down that road of, you know, how violent football is because this is just ridiculous. And a lot of other teams are having it. But it's it's another one of those, this is the perfect day for why us? What – what did we deserve to do? Have this happen to our team all at the same time? It's really, you know, we're down to our sixth and seventh offensive tackles. Yeah, um, you've got people playing tackle who are guards, and he's hurt and now. He's hurt. So, so um, you, you know, who knows? It, it, you know, maybe you're just snake bit this year, and uh, it, it would be hard to point to another team in the NFL who's had more injuries. But I mean, you had Quentin Rollins. Go down with what uh, what I thought was an Achilles uh, injury, but it appears like it's an ankle. He's uh, out for the year, by the way. They put him on IR this afternoon. Listen, and here's my question: I was taking notes during the game. That tells you how frustrated I was. <laughs> I was taking notes during the game, and I wrote the question: Has Quentin Rollins played his last play for the Green Bay Packers? Because he wasn't he wasn't very good. He yeah. wasn't very fast. He wasn't effective. And I think the only reason they held on to him the way they did is because he's a second round draft pick, yeah. and nobody wants to have the egg on their face. And now you can quietly let this. I, I'm just telling you, there are not a lot right. of players out here that are game changing players. You've got three or four of them yeah. on the whole starting lineup now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as much as we love the Packers, if you, you know, if I was a betting man, um, I know where my money would be going in the next few games. Yeah. And that's the thing that's so like frustrating about this whole thing. So there's another washout, a high draft choice. I, I never want to make light of anybody getting injured, but the, it was kind of a, I don't want to say I, I can't think of the good word, but for Quentin Rollins to essentially end his career, perhaps on getting just juked out of his shoes, right? You know, in, in basketball, we talk about somebody breaking your ankles, yeah, and that's kind of what it looked like out there, yeah. Um, and I feel bad for the kid. I'm sure he's a wonderful guy, but he's been put in a tough spot that he probably shouldn't have been put into, and you know, he's. I don't see how if this injury is serious that you continue on with him, and that's the thing that again. It, this is, you know, it's all just an emotional show today. But again, that's what's so frustrating about this. I mean, I've been thinking about it all day. I'm, I'm as depressed about this as I was about the 2014 championship game. You know, what's funny that I, I thought that exact same thing when we when we lost the uh, the championship game, and, and there was this pall. Yeah. Where, I mean, you go into work on Monday, and there's this absolute dour pall on everybody at work. How are you? Ah, eh, good. And then immediately. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Can you believe what happened? And uh, you know, it's like a whole state 
the whole state yeah. just got you know just got rocked. Because we are now, in all likelihood, I'm sure that if Brett Hundley turns out to be the next Dak Prescott or Tom Brady, I'll find a way to live with it. Sure, sure. But that's likely not going to happen. We're we're likely going to be in a slugfest of some lousy football for the rest. Well, of the especially year. with with the sixth and seventh offensive uh, yeah. tackles in front of them. You know, it'd be easy if you had a great offensive line, which is they had in Dallas last year. That's why Dak Prescott looked so great. Mm-hmm. It's because nobody ever touched him. Absolutely. And so you're going to be stuck with that. You're going to be playing a preseason roster. So right off the gate, just from an entertainment standpoint, forget about a Super Bowl. You've been robbed of something you look forward to all year. Yeah, I think that's really And true. so you're not going to get that. And then on the flip side, you look at this team. So Devontae Adams is in a contract year. How is he going to prove whether or not he's good enough to keep around long-term with Brett Hundley throwing him footballs? I, you know, I'm, uh, for him, I'm really glad he did it now yeah. uh, because there are a lot of people who were just over the last two or three weeks with the throw in Dallas where he caught it, uh, you know, uh, he caught the only touchdown yesterday. Um, and so I think he's done enough now. But more importantly, if, not, if you don't sign Devontae Adams, name the other star on the offense. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's what I'm getting at. So have we seen enough – and maybe maybe you think, yes, I, I probably would agree. Have we seen enough from Devontae Adams to say he's a franchise-wide receiver? We're going to find out because if he's awful with Brett Hundley, then what do you do? Because right, you have right. to make a choice on him, and then you think about Aaron Rodgers and the future of this franchise, and this is why I'm so depressed. After next year, Clay Matthews, Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, HaHa Clinton-Dix, Ty Montgomery, and Brett Hundley all free agents. Wow, I didn't realize that at all. So basically, Aaron Rodgers, who wouldn't have played a game in almost a year with a history of two broken collarbones, 35 years old, if they don't win in 2018, that's it. They're never going to win another championship. Because all the players that are anybody on the team are, you know, you're not, you're not going to pay them, and they're all older. So, so we, we, you know, Randall Cobb is, what, th- uh, 27, 28 yeah. years old. Jordy's over 30. Yep. Clay is over 30. Thir- Clay is 31, maybe? Yeah, uh, I would nine think. Nine years in the league, something like that. And so you're stuck with all... Basically, too, if they are just terrible this year, why are you going to retain any of them when you see that Aaron Rodgers is what's propping this whole team up? So we are in a situation here that's really unprecedented. Where That's why I'm asking, what do I cheer for? Do I cheer for him to go 9-7 and seven and lose a first-round game because then they're not so bad, but they're not so abysmal that... Next year, they'll throw in the towel and try a complete rebuild? Or, like, how do I, as a fan, what do I want to happen in these final 10 games? Uh, so that's a, that's a really great question. And, and think about how unprecedented what, what you just said is. We're saying one injury takes you from Super Bowl favorite to complete rebuild. Yeah. Well, th- that's a, you know, that, that is a conviction of the entire drafting process and the whole team. If, if you're at that place... Where now you know if you if you went all your chips on the table and we did some of that with bringing free agents in um, now and here's the other thing if Brett Hundley isn't good how come he's been here for three years what does that say about Mike McCarthy as a head coach right right uh, so Mike McCarthy is a is a quarterback whisperer is he a quarterback whisperer or did he just have the best quarterback to come in the last you know generation followed by one of the best in the previous generation yeah, exactly right so so i think you're going to find out and and listen you can do some things with hunley that you couldn't do you can do some things with a 24 year old that you can't do with a 33 year old aaron Rodgers is athletic but you're certainly not going to have him run you know uh, rpos run pass yep. options you're gonna, not going to have him run the read option for goodness sakes but uh brent hunley is about the same age that 
I'm going to say the word out loud. So yeah. I hope I that same age Colin Kaepernick was yeah. when he started tearing apart the Packers and making them look silly with the yeah. run pass option. The trouble is you got to change your whole offense now. Yeah, because you weren't going to run. You, you there there was no there were no plays in there that said, you know, Aaron fake the ball and run <laughs> and run around <laughs> the end. Now he sometimes did that on his own just yeah. to get the first down. That offense is a very very different offense, and so. And, and Brett Huntley doesn't have the experience to dance around in the pocket. Mm-hmm. So if you even watched him yesterday, he tried to stay in the pocket, but his first initial reaction is run. Yeah. Now, that, that's a plus and a minus. He started to run, uh, which, which allowed the linebacker to come up, which Devontae Adams cleared behind him. He throws a touchdown pass, a really great play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've heard me on this show talk about wanting to throw screens. After Hunley came in, they tried four screens. Now, they didn't try one yeah. in a game and a half yeah. before that. But if I'm a defense and you bring in a brand-new quarterback cold, the only calls you're going to give them are run into the lines, draws, and screens, right? So yeah. none of the screens worked, and they were all sniffed out. And it's Real quick, Chris, my favorite thing about the screen pass, and me and uh, Matt were texting back and forth about this, is because the Vikings ran a ton of screens against the Packers, scored a touchdown on one. I know it's so reactionary for defenders, but I'm like, who has ever watched one football game and thinks that if the whole interior lineman lets the defensive line run free, that it's not a screen? It's like Clark and Daniels are all running together. Oh my gosh, we're killing them. This is our chance. It's, oh, I know you can't react that fast, and I have a better view than the guys playing the game watching it on TV. Well, just, you know, the, the, the screen for the Vikings, perfectly timed because they had one of the classic cross-buck A-gap blitzes going on. So both middle linebackers blitzed through the A-gap. They crossed in front of the center, and they went through the A-gap. So you literally vacated everybody from that side. You had two blockers and two defenders. So it's like Tech Mobile when you pick the exact right counterplay to theirs? That's a great example, actually. It's the exact right call against the exact wrong defense. And it just, you know, it just opened up. And you keep waiting for a Packer defender to come into the screen. And all of a sudden you realize that nobody's <laughs> left. And you're like, that's because, they, you know, they, they ran into the line. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, clearly they saw something on tape. They knew when that double blitz, uh, uh, double A-gap blitz was coming. And um, so, so I'm, I'm uh, listen, I'm with you. I, I hadn't thought of it quite the way that you did. I mean, you, you've obviously thought of it at second and third levels of, of effect here. I'm just more worried that if you're wrong with Brett Hundley and you're wrong with your first round draft choices and you're wrong with Quentin Rollins, that make the argument now. We're back to Dan Devine. Ex- you know, you know, we, we have we have bad players, but at least we have a terrible scheme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I know that. That's what's so frustrating, and and we're gonna see. So I think yesterday is a really you can't totally evaluate the team based upon yesterday. Hunley looked bad, but again, I don't think the game plan was designed. And if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt on the sixth play, you know, here is what we'll do. Just looking at it on the surface, so you get a little bit of a chance to see their raw talent when they're sort of thrown in there. Minnesota's got a great defense. But to me, Brett Hunley yesterday, and at times in the preseason, you want to know the guy he looked exactly like to me? Who's that? Joey Harrington. Wow. He He has great mobility, but no pocket presence. He throws the checkdowns before everything else. When he tries to throw it down the field, he has no arc on everything and throws it 100 miles an hour, and he has a low delivery that gets knocked down at the he line a lot. nervous. Yeah. Right? He, he, l- l- listen, you get touch on the ball when you are calm enough in the pocket to make the decision, I've got to throw this up over a linebacker and drop it in. That, that comes from 
uh, not only repetition but calmness because yeah. you take the time. But when you when you're like he's open, I got to throw it. That's when this ball goes straight and it gets knocked down, or, or you know, intercept an amazing interception by twenty two yesterday. Yeah, Harrison Vikings. Smith's a heck of a uh, You know, great great pass reception by one of the Vikings. So that's a pretty good football team over there, yeah. and, and they're you know they're building a really good talent. And um, the problem with Joey Harrington was not that he looked like Joey Harrington in game one; it's that he looked like Joey Harrington in game fifty five. Well, and here you know here's the here's the real problem. Three years in. And that's what it looks like. Now, now the, the 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 acid test, of course, is next week. Yeah, because you're going against a team that can't, you know, couldn't stop a nosebleed, as somebody very, <laughs> you know, a football player uh, famously said. Um, if he's not good next week, guys, pack it in and and uh, you know start watching the Bucks because this is going to be <laughs> this is going to get ugly and a really big. Uh, and don't get your hopes up because yeah. it, uh, it is what it appears to be. And more damning, I think, yesterday as far as a reaction is. Mike McCarthy, what are they doing in the fourth quarter? I know they had a ton of injuries, but they were completely shell-shocked for the rest of that game. They're down 23-10, to 10, but they have the ball with, what, three timeouts? Uh-huh. They're driving. They're not calling timeouts. There's no sense of urgency. It's like, well, then put in Jamal Williams or somebody and run out the clock because you're half trying to win. It was the Andy Reid special. You're half trying to win, but you're not conserving the clock. It's almost like they had no idea it was not the it was the fourth quarter and not the third right, quarter. Right. What are you doing? It If you are that shell-shocked when you lose Aaron Rodgers, that tells me that you already know he's your whole team. You already know he's your own team and... and that you're just like, and you can't even say, "Hey, let's just get out of here healthy," because that left the lo- that left in the second mm-hmm. quarter. So try to win or forfeit the rest of the game and get on the bus. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And I have to I have to mention one thing. So so all of this is really focused in on the offense and of course the terrible injury. But I got to have one conversation about about uh, that defense. Sure. Why in the world <laughs> against a team that can run the ball would you have two down linemen? And four line. It's the exact opposite thing to do. And I think you do it because you need you want to have five defensive backs, right? Well, there are two ways to stop the pass. One of them is cover the receiver, and the second thing is what Eric you rush create something. Yeah, you crush the quarterback, right? Pressure. Now that's bad. What's worse is third and goal at the four <laughs> yard line, and you have two down linemen. Yeah. You had two down in goal line situation and shock of all shocks. They check out of the play. McKinnon runs it in for a touch. You got five 330 pound men against two. And then you've got two 250 pound guys in them. Seriously? I, I just, I don't. Listen, I, I I know they're smarter than I am. Yeah. I know they're better coaches than I am. I know that there's, they, they, might, they have to know something I don't. But at a base level, two against five seems like it's going to lose every single time. <laughs> That's first grade math. Right? And, and I agree. I mean, but we say this all the time, and I've said this numerous times on the podcast. I want some sweepstakes where the prize is I get to sit next to Dom Capers, and he tells me in the perfect world how this is supposed to right, work. Right. Because I, in my pea brain, it doesn't make any sense. Two is a lot less than five, and especially you know the the, the different kind of uh, the personnel in just a one on one. If your other three come and hit their five, you're out weighed by like hundreds of pounds. It and show me one other team in the league that's doing that. Show yeah. me one other team in the league that has two down linemen anytime. Yeah, anytime. So so again, you're smarter than 
everybody else in yeah. the NFL. You get 31 other teams. All of them have 10 coaches each. So you're smarter than 310 football professionals who have dedicated their whole life to it. At least he rushed five at the end of the half on the Hail Mary. Well, that's nice. Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. And then and then and almost the, gave it up. Right. And then they the, the, the spacing let him go off to his left and. Uh, you know, so, so shell shock's a good word. So, so I'm going to get off the because we're we're frustrated, yeah. we're upset, we're we're disappointed, we're angry, and we're looking for somebody to blame. Um, and and I think our blame is we knew all along that Aaron was carrying this thing on his whole shoulders, and we were an average football team. That's not what it, the news said. Yeah, that, that, that's not what the scores said. Yeah. But we knew we were an average football team, and when Aaron pulled out another one, we said, "Oh, look at how good we are." And now what we have to face is the fact that we have a very – we have an incredibly average or below average football team who is missing its star, and I think it's going to start to show next week. And maybe if we can try to transition to a silver lining. I read a great comment on Packers.com by a guy named uh, Florida Cheesehead, but I thought I'd give him credit for the odd chance he's listening. Nice. He said – this isn't just about Hunley. I think the team was kind of taking Rodgers for granted and now find themselves faced with having to become the team he made them look like they are. I'm hoping they're up to the challenge. Wow, what a great comment. It's perfect because we have a lot of these guys, Ted and, well, not only Ted, but it's, it's mostly Mike McCarthy, Ted Thompson, and then some of your other stars with quotes where you have Jordy Nelson, you have Clay Matthews, you have Mike Daniels, you have all of these guys. Now you have to step up. There's no get-out-of-jail-free card when you're not playing very well. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to figure it out, and you're not going to get to play a Minnesota Vikings team that, A, doesn't have a great offense with all their preferred starters, and were missing all their stars yesterday. They didn't have Diggs or Bradford or um, Dalvin Cook. So you're playing a pretty darn good uh, offense on Sunday, and so you have your chance to say, you know what, this Aaron guy's great. But he didn't do it alone. Right. You right. got your chance to prove. Mike McCarthy's like, hey, I can win without Aaron Rodgers. This is their chance. And for some of these guys, it's their last chance. It's their last chance because I think there's been this hint in the background that something something's rotten in Denver or De- Denmark. Something's rotten in Green Bay. Uh, and, and you know there was the the, the uh, Rodgers was the Febreze that kind of took the <laughs> smell away and and made it all better. Uh, what I want to see next week, though, is if if you really have to if you have to hold an unbelievably good New Orleans offense, which the Packers have been terrible at mm-hmm. keeping them under wraps. If I don't see some really significantly different scheme, they're just mailing it in. Yeah. If if I see the exact same defense, because because when you know you're going to score thirty. You could create a defense that will hold them to 25. You you can. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying you should and everybody should, you know, no points and all that other good stuff. But to be perfectly honest with you, you play with this idea that you're going to score 30 points. Well, now that now that you're going to score 13, yeah, you have to do something drastically different on defense, which is, number one, shut them down. But two, uh, turnovers are an absolute must. You have to, you can't expect... Brett Hundley to go 80 yards in yeah. 10 plays. You, you need w- short fields. Right. You, you need, need a, Trevor you Davis need... to step up and get some punt returns. Stop fair catching stuff when you got 20 yards of field in front wow. of you. So anyway, I, you know, we're, 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 I, we're not homers. Uh, and we're not just, you know, we were unhappy along the way, right? Yeah. We, even when we were winning, we were talking about that something wasn't right. And so I, I want to make sure that the listeners don't think that we're we jump on the wagon, jump off the wagon. We've been pretty critical yeah. all the way along on these exact same things. Uh, I think what you really need to see here is whether you have a team 
or you had a superstar that was yeah. carrying a lot of people along. Yeah. Somebody's going to step up, yeah. and I don't know who that is. Uh, if you would have asked me in week one, it would have, I would have guessed it would have been Mike Daniels. Mm-hmm. Um, so oftentimes, it's the offensive line, like like you think of the Hogs for Washington yeah. in the day, and they you know put you guys. Just, they only got piglets left though. Yeah, they put us. You know, put put we'll put you on our back and we'll carry you. Uh, I'm not sure who that is today. I really don't. And hopefully someone will emerge because there's also the chance that nobody does, and it's just an absolutely miserable season. And personally, I'm morbidly looking forward to seeing what this team is going to look like. Maybe against New Orleans they have so many injuries, but after the bye especially, they have some beatable teams in front Mm -hmm. of them. You're not playing the Patriots every week. There are teams that you can beat. And to me, nobody's going to do this because Mark Murphy isn't that guy. If Brett Hundley sucks... McCarthy and Thompson have to go. Yeah, you know he's the epitome of your entire system. If you're, if it's a whole system because we base it on Aaron Rodgers, and if he goes down, here's our plan, and we know how we'll adjust for the plan. And if that doesn't happen, then it's a it's an indictment. That's the word I was looking yeah. for. It's an indictment of the entire process and the entire scheme. Um, and and you don't really you know you just don't have anything to rely on. You can be the Ravens. Mm-hmm. And have Joe Flacco, who I know won a Super Bowl, but oh my gosh, like seriously, you know, I think I could have won a Super Bowl with, <laughs> with uh, you know, with that defense. At least you have something to rest your head on. We were like, you know, our offense and our running game is bad. Our defense is bad. At least we have Aaron Rodgers. I yeah. mean, that's really, if you think about it, yeah. what we were saying every single week. Um, and if they don't, and, and by the way, I'm done with the Ty Montgomery experiment. Uh, yeah. Honest to goodness. <laughs> he listen, couldn't catch a pass. <laughs> he's, he's an H-back or he's a wide receiver. I got it. You startled some people last year. They weren't expecting it, and you were playing the Bears of all people, and, the, and he broke out. Listen, he looks like a dancing teddy bear. He, he looks like uh, every high school running back after they, uh, that is, is really good and then comes up against a good defense for the first time, and they're just dancing and dancing and dancing. Uh, they think they're Barry Sanders, but they're not. They're really not. And so if you think about it, you know, uh, uh, look at the way um, – 33, uh, Aaron, um, Jones. Aaron Jones, look at the way he hits the hole, right? He hits that. That's what zone blocking is. He, he, he makes one cut. He hits the hole. He gets four yards. Uh, Ty Montgomery is trying to make every run 30 yards and every run ends up being one yard yeah. or, or no yards. Um, and he, he's really not he, slamming yourself into the line to get three yards is a mindset. Yeah. And it's not, a, it's not, if you don't have that mindset since you're, 12, 15 yeah, years old, yeah. you don't you don't develop that mindset. If you're if you're a wide receiver, your job is to not get hit. Yeah. <laughs> and now what you're saying is change everything you know for the last twenty years and now become this person. Well it's just clear he isn't. Yeah. And again, and, and one more time, square peg in a round hole, yeah. right? You've you've got a you know, Quentin Rollins is a basketball player who's playing who's playing cornerback. You've got a wide receiver who at some point how about we just put players in places where they've played their whole lives uh, and let's see if they can play at this level. Yeah, it it really is frustrating. I mean, it's all the worst aspects of this team all coming together at once. And with that being said, I want to defend Brett Hundley a little bit. I said he looked like Joey Harrington yesterday, but a lot of people have looked like Joey Harrington against that Vikings defense over the years. Um, let's talk about the two big elephants in the room, Tony Romo, Colin Kaepernick. 
we can talk about the prospects and what would happen if they were on the team. It'll be kind of fun. But the truth is, as frustrating as this is, we love the Packers. We sound kind of mean and snarky today. I said, how do I root for this team? I hope that Brett Hundley doesn't throw an interception, throws 25 touchdown passes, they go 10-0. Our, our hearts are broken. I, yeah. mean, I hope that's what everybody's hearing here is we're not – our hearts are broken. Yeah. We're, we're, we're horribly disappointed here. Yeah. And we're bleeding green and gold right now, and we don't know how to make the bleeding stop. We – nobody's jumping off the bandwagon. Here's what we're doing. We're like, we broke a wheel, and it's a rainstorm, and it looks like we're going over the cliff. Stop the bandwagon. Let me get off and kick up a little dust, and then, God, I'm back on the bandwagon. Let's see where this thing goes. We're all like that. But the talking about the Tony Romo or the knight in shining armor scenario with Romo or Kaepernick, the truth is, as frustrating as this is, the Packers, believe it or not, have one of the best backup quarterback situations in the NFL. Yeah. He's a guy you drafted. He's a guy you've developed. He's been here three years, and he was a reasonably um, highly thought of prospect coming out of college, had success at a major college program. This is your guy. There are few teams in the league that have a better backup quarterback situation than the Packers do. It could turn out Brett Hundley's no good. But it also could turn out that Brett Hundley is pretty good and might be able to keep you in all of these games. He ain't going to build a bridge to Aaron Rodgers because I don't think he's coming right. back this year. Right. But he can at least make your Sundays not miserable. Well, you know, let's just get through the, the Romo and the Kaepernick thing right away. So we're, gonna, we're upset because we have a 34-year-old quarterback <laughs> gets hurt. We're gonna, we're gonna, the 37-year-old quarterback is going to come to the rescue. Also with two broken collarbones. Yeah, and, and by the way, uh, a back that got broken just yeah. last year, if I'm not he's mistaken. Played, he played four games since the Des Bryant drop game. Think about how long wow. ago that was. Oh, my gosh. He's played four that. games since then. And, and plus, if I were him, uh, listen, I, you made a great comment when we were texting back and forth yesterday. If somebody, if the Packers made him an offer, I think because he's such an amazing announcer, he's a really amazing yeah. announcer, I think they'd just double his salary and say, <laughs> and he would say, let's see, I can go get pounded behind the sixth and seventh offensive tackles <laughs> of the Packers, or I could stay up in this booth and be eating bratwurst and, yeah. and, and Diet Coke. So um, he might leak that, hey, I'm interested, just to you know help himself <laughs> a little bit on the right. TV side of things. And, and Colin Kaepernick, for a, no, a number of reasons now now i'm not going to get into the political side I, you know I, I i think people have a right to speak blah blah yeah. blah, blah but just two days ago he files an uh, a, a suit uh, uh an injunction a complaint if yeah. you will i don't know what the name of it is against all of the nfl owners for collusion yeah tell me who's going to pick him up now <laughs> exactly you know if that wasn't enough and he doesn't fit your offense and we're infatuated with him only because he can run the we've got an athletic quarterback yeah. if we want somebody who can run the read option and not throw the, you know, at least throw the ball under pressure. We got him exactly, <laughs> you know. And so, and so, uh, uh, it's it would be the wrong signing. It would send all the wrong messages. Um, it would send a terrible message to Brent Hundley. Yeah, I mean, think about that. You know, you don't think I'm good enough, but you're going to draft some guy who's exactly like yeah. me, who's in older, ath- athleticism, in athleticism, in accuracy, and he hasn't been in camp and he doesn't know. The offense and the receivers don't know him, and he's your savior. Yeah. Wow. If you want to take somebody's, uh, you know, confidence out from under him, just just bring in, you know, you know, just bring in Colin Kaepernick. And I'll go a little bit towards the political side without going too deep in it. I do believe that people aren't bringing Colin Kaepernick in because of his protest stance, and it's the kind of cold reality of the business. He's the type of player right now that would take your four-win team and make it a six-win team. 
Nobody's bringing the circus to town for that. Right. If he could turn you right. from a four-win team into a 12-win team, people would be lining up to sign him. And maybe that's unfair and it's a sign of how backwards we have things in society at times, but that's the truth of the matter. And also, Colin Kaepernick as an elite player, it's been five years. Colin, we are as close to Colin Kaepernick's elite phase right now as 2012 was to Kurt Warner's elite right, phase. Right. It's That's been a, a long man. time yeah, since right, he exactly. was an elite player. Last year, he basically was on a two-win team and just decided to play as if he had the lead all the time. I, I don't. I know this, some people. This quarterback got jettisoned from a two-win team, and he's our answer? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think, didn't he ask to leave? I think so, too. So, yeah. w- is his head with a team? Is his head with himself? I think there is definitely merit in in doing what he's doing uh, politically, and maybe he can make a bigger difference in the world being yep. outside of the NFL. But he's not your answer. He's I, not fixing anybody. Yeah, just from a purely football standpoint, you know, you're having to change. And so, so again, here's Chris going back to the run stuff. Read option only works if you have a running game. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you don't have a running game. Everybody just keys the quarterback and knocks the living snot out of the quarterback, and then and then you're sitting with another guy in the you know in the emergency room. So uh, listen, you have who you have. Uh, uh, this is one of those moments where I'm really sad that we let we took the risk with Taysom Hill. Yeah. Uh, you know he's no savior, right? He's uh, but he you know he showed some stuff. Now now Joe Callahan, let's not forget. Yeah. Joe Callahan showed a lot two years in a row. Yeah. So, so you know, every, uh, there was an article that said, you know, he's from from a D- Division three school, and yes, he was successful, but you know, how is he going to be? How is he going to play against NFL players? We know that answer. Yeah. Now, they were the B and C NFL players, but listen, you can strike lightning in a bottle one year mm-hmm. and and get the on the Packers uh, practice guy. He they kept him on the active roster <laughs> last yeah. year, remember? And this year he did it again. Yeah. So uh, I love what Mike McCarthy is saying. Listen, what, I don't know how it turns out, but yeah. the only acceptable message from your leader is, "We got our guys." Yeah, and 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 I'm know. charging down that hill, and if there's none of us left when we get down there, so be it. Yeah, you know, Joe Montana is not walking through that door anytime soon. Yeah, and so uh, you know, it's the most unifying thing you can possibly do, and, and in some ways, it'll bring the team together. Right. So so now. You know, we've all been standing around watching Aaron Rodgers win these games. Now when you know, you know, who has to step up, go look in a mirror, Mm -hmm. and it's everybody in that room. And so now, you know, you could actually build, I will tell you the positive side of this is you could actually build a much better team, a much better team of camaraderie. Mm -hmm. If they even go, what do they have, 10 games left? Yeah. Uh, If you even go five and five. Yeah. And you end up nine and seven. Yeah. You make the players. You're a much better team next year because they go. Okay, well, well, Aaron's just adding to this good team mm-hmm. and this good, this good uh, feeling, this good uh, environment that we've created here. We believe in ourselves, yeah. and it's not just Aaron running to the rescue every week. And you have a great fan base. I think today is the day where everybody gets a free pass to be as upset as they want and call as many shots as they want. But I think everybody in Lambo is going to be on. Um, Brett Hundley's side, and if he throws a touchdown in the first quarter, or if he somehow wins a close game, that place is going to come unglued for him, even more so than they would for Aaron Rodgers doing it. Well, let's just say this out loud. The best thing Packer fans can do, go to the game next week, be as loud as humanly possible when the Saints have the ball. Uh, you know, a, a couple of false starts, yeah. uh, an interception, a turnover changes the entire game. 
and uh, and the crowd can be a part of that. So so be as upset as you want. And and if you're a listener, you hear the upsetness and the, the pain that's in our voices. But but when all is said and done, we're Packer fans. We bleed green and gold. We always will. We're disappointed that that this year is not the year. Thinking that it might be the year. Um, but we have something special here. You have an opportunity. Listen, if Brett Hundley's really good, you really <laughs> do have your quarterback of the future. Yeah. You know, Aaron Rodgers clearly can get hurt now, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, he's 33 years old, 33-year-old people getting hit by 300-pound linemen get hurt. Yeah. You now have your answer. That terrifies me, though, because he's Aaron's not old enough. And – this is I'm I'm not expecting it to happen, mm-hmm. but we've seen it. We've seen guys just come out of nowhere and be good in this league, and that's my biggest fear. Is that what if like the biggest fear for me the rest of this year is what if Brett Hundley's really good? Yeah. What if he's as good as Aaron Rodgers was when he started, or as good as Dak Prescott, or something like that? Because Aaron's too young to get rid of him, and Brett's too old to sit on the bench for another five years. And so then what do you do? I mean, that would be a great bridge to have to cross. But you know that if if, uh, Aaron Rodgers left with how we all suspect this Mm -hmm. team's constructed, if he went to the Vikings, he'd win two Super Bowls. Yeah, Uh, with that defense, I think you're absolutely right. So, so a couple of, of, of points of wisdom here uh, that I read uh, today that, that are just sh- should give solace to our fans. Remember, Aaron Rodgers' first game uh, for the Packers was coming in for an injured Brett Favre, and he was terrible. He was, uh, yeah, he was, he was absolutely terrible in that game, just like Hundley was. Yeah. So when, you, when you're on the sidelines, you can study all you want. You can have practice reps with the team all you want. I'm here to tell you as a former coach, there is no possible way that you can just flip that switch, have the same intensity, have the same focus, have the attention of your players, have the knowledge of the playbook. There's just no possible way you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, this this can end well. Um, and if Brett Hundley comes in and he's really good, what's the worst thing that can happen? Well, we get a great draft choice yeah. for him. Or we keep him. You overpay him to sit on the bench for another four years. Maybe you do. But, but what you can't afford to do is you can't afford to get rid of Rodgers. Because remember, Colin Kaepernick ran who out of out of San Francisco? Alex Smith. You mean the guy who's 5-1, and one, who has the highest passer rating in the league yeah. this year, yeah. who looks like the reincarnation of Joe Montana yeah. now? Um, and so that flash in the pan that you you know you give away your sure steady thing for yeah that flash in the pan is a flash in the pan for a reason they yeah. don't last yeah that's that's probably the most reasonable I like to go crazy with the what ifs but yeah they're not going to force anything if even if Brett Hundley wins thirteen straight games and they win the Super Bowl they'll be like well that was nice Aaron's the starter in two thousand eighteen he's like maybe the best player in history I don't think they'll force Listen, that action you, you know good quarterbacks are making twenty four twenty five million dollars you go to Brett Hundley you be Aaron Rodgers backup will pay you ten million dollars a year I'm pretty sure you're yeah. going to have a guy who's going to stick exactly around. they'll they'll, they'll <laughs> figure it out um so here's a weird question sure what do you think Aaron wants to happen well that's a really great question so if you're Aaron Rodgers you're you're uh, down in the dumps, you're already thinking about next year. Probably no, you're probably actually thinking about how do I get back this year? Yeah, you know if the if the team can win a couple of times. I, listen, I think Aaron Rodgers genuinely um, loves this team. He loves his players. I think he would love nothing better than than for Brett Hundley to do really well, knowing full well he's never going to lose his sure, job. Sure, There's sure. no possible way he's going to lose his job. So so if if people rally around Brett Hundley. And now next year we have two really great quarterbacks. Now we no longer fear that somebody goes down under pressure. I, I think Aaron Rodgers 
is unlike Favre and Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is on that sideline, and he he becomes the quarterback's coach. Yeah, he Alex Van Pe- Van Pelt steps aside, <laughs> and and Aaron is is working with him every single day in practice. He's on the sideline with him. Here's what I see. Here's what I can do. Because who would you rather have coaching your backup quarterback than the best quarterback that uh, that at least is currently in the game? And who knows whether it's even bigger than that? Yeah, and Brett Hundley in his post game press conference said uh, called Aaron his brother. And Hundley was quite impressive in the, the post-game press conference. He basically said, I, I promise we'll be better. I'll be better. We'll, we'll be better next time around. But uh, as a side note, I love what you say, like Alex Van Pelt. I always think about these kind of quarterback-coach uh-huh. relationships. Right. Uh, I always thought of the same thing with Favre and Daryl Bevel, where <laughs> Daryl Bevel's like, Brett, nice 80-yard touchdown pass, but you really should have scrambled for two yards. That's how I did it. <laughs> Yeah, what are they going to tell you? You know, it would, it's like the best and the worst job ever. Hey, I'm Aaron Rodgers' quarterback coach. Really? Yeah. What are you telling them? Just keep doing what you're yeah. doing, buddy. How did you do that? Oh man, usually I took a sack in that situation back when I was in right. Buffalo. Yeah, right. Exactly. But, uh, so there was. Uh, I I don't even know where else to take this. It just. Well, well I just here's what I here's what I'd like to. Know. Here's the question. Yeah. Who can reasonably step up here? Yeah. Okay, so you have to have a running game step up. Aaron Jones can step up. Yeah. I even think I even think um, Williams can step up. Yeah. Uh, listen, make Ty Montgomery an H back. For for the love of Pete, please just put him where he belongs. Split him out in in the H back position and let him drive middle linebackers crazy with his yeah. route running. Throw him tosses. Throw him pitches. Throw him screens because that's where he belongs. Yeah. Uh, put the three running backs you have on the roster on the roster. And uh, and Ripkowski, hello. We you know we we have a pulling a, a, a fullback the size of a pulling guard in the backfield. T- listen, you've got to you've got to shorten games. Yep. You've got to keep that defense off the field. And if you're on defense, I'm really sorry. You have to take more risks. You just have to. Yeah. You're getting burned not taking risks. Yeah. So we're like, well, we don't want to take that risk because we might get burned deep. I don't. Know, it seems to be happening already. <laughs> so I'm not sure how much there is. And 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 those kind of risky plays. Yep, they give up touchdowns, but they also create fumbles. Yeah. And they also create interceptions. And the only way we win, you know, out of the next ten games, the only way you win five out of the next ten is that uh, your your defense has to become this ball hawking. Uh, defense that is unexpected, yeah. who shows people things that they've never seen before, that surprises quarterbacks, and, and, and gives the ball to the office in a place where they only have to go 35 yards to score a touchdown. And I don't know if they have the personnel to do it, but the mentality of this defense from a layman's perspective has always been, just don't give up the big play. We have an offense that can get back anything. Right. Let's give up field goals. But now, with how important it is, field position-wise and things like that, you don't have an offense that's likely going to drive 80 yards every time they need to. Don't give an inch. It's a different mentality. Right, right. You can't be that offense that gives up. If you have a third and 13, you can't give up 12 yards. Well, and the, thing, the thing is, you, you know, again, there's, either, there's coverage and pressure. The only way to stop offenses who throw the ball is there's coverage and pressure. We can't cover. Yeah. I, I mean, let's just come right to the – Bottom line, for whatever reason, for where, however we got here, we can't cover. The only other option is pressure. Yeah, that's it, and not the same blitzes we've been showing everybody for the last thirty years in Dom's defense. We've got to show them things that they haven't seen before. Because 
You have to show them unscouted looks because if you're a scouted look and you can't cover, oh my gosh, that's you know shooting fish in a barrel. Absolutely. As far as who I think is going to step up, I don't have high hopes for anybody on the defense. I hope collectively they can be just a bit better. Mm-hmm. On the offensive side of the ball, I think Jordy Nelson's a lock. I think he's proved, especially even in the second half when everybody else seemed shell-shocked, Jordy kind of started taking over a little bit. I'm saying a dark horse is Geronimo Allison. And for wow. the reason to say that is, if you remember when Aaron Rodgers was out in 2013, I wish I would have thought of this before and have the numbers in front of me, but Jarrett Boykin turned into Matt Flynn's safety valve. And do you know why? They work together all the they time. They work together as second teamers. That's, that's brilliant. And I think if you look at the numbers, strangely enough, that Jarrett Boykin might have as many, if not more, receiving yards and receiving touchdowns in his career from Matt Flynn than he had from... Aaron Rodgers. He had something like 800 or 600 yards that year, and a big bulk of that came playing with Matt Flynn. And you wonder if Geronimo Allison and some of those guys, heck, maybe uh, the people's champion Jeff Janis, guys that Hunley's used to working with, Jordy will find ways to get open. I think uh, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, those guys are going to be there. But if you see some of those maybe uh, uh, deeper on the depth chart type of guys that are more used to Brett Hundley, those might be kind of your guys to get him jump started a little I, bit. I love that. And then, the, and the, and the last thing here, uh, it, the tight ends just absolutely have to step up. And and, and uh, I'm really I'm really frustrated with the Martellus Bennett. Um, he looks disinterested. Yeah. Um, he just looks like he's he's phoning it in. So so Richard Rogers and Kendricks are both possession tight ends. And I will tell you that that a new quarterback's best friend is the running game and tight ends. Mm -hmm. Big bodies over the middle that you can't miss who can box people out and you can throw them, you know, the seven yard. Listen, Witten in in Dallas has made a living. When we play Dallas, every time we play them, I'm just like, he is the slowest guy in the field. And somehow he has seven catches every single game. I'll be darned. And it's because he knows how to use his body and he's using it against smaller players. And so the only real option you have here is to create a running game and use your your tight ends to set up plays downfield to the wide receivers. And uh, and listen, the screen isn't going to work right now because that, yeah. that they're going to be practicing against draws and screens because that's where we go. That's that's where we go. And you have an experienced lineman, right? And and the and and tight end routes are much shorter, so the offensive uh, linemen have to block shorter. So if, if it's me, uh, listen, I would love it if it was Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark. I yeah. would love that if those two guys. Just started. No, you got to give him three down line. Yeah. To, to, you know, because no way those guys, no matter how great they are, are going to win two against five. But, but you've got to be creating pressure up the middle. Because what you're seeing now is both of our outside linebackers, they're rushing wide. Yeah. Yep. And we're running them right, we're creating a perfect pocket, and people are throwing out of that pocket. And, and you just, you can't give a quarterback who has been in the pocket since he was 11 years old that pocket to throw from. Absolutely. So hopefully, uh, somebody's got to find a way to step up, or otherwise we're going to have a real sorry end of the season on our hands. All right. Let's go to the Facebook page, uh, quick before we wrap up. And again, uh, I'll try my best not to butcher everybody's comments because there's some good stuff here. Um, Eric Hansen, one of our great longtime fans. Wow, that was an ugly game on many fronts. About the game itself, obviously the injuries suck, but let's also not lose sight of what else happened and what it may tell us about this team. Outside of a few turnovers, Dom's defense couldn't contain a Case Keenum-led offense. Really instills a lot of confidence with Drew Brees coming to town next week. The offense seemed out of sync from the start of the game, even before the injuries. So even if Rodgers had been able to finish, I'm not sure they would have won the game. Now looking forward, once again, it seems that not investing in a good 
backup quarterback is going to come back and haunt the Packers. I hope they've learned their lesson for future years because with the amount of hits that Rodgers takes, I have a strong feeling that this won't be his last serious injury. Do you guys think that they should try and get another quarterback? And if so, who should it be? We will find out a lot about this team coaching staff and general management in the coming weeks. So thanks for that comment, Eric Hansen. I think you're right that it looked really rough right from the get-go, um, even before Aaron Rodgers was injured. I think I'll echo what I said again before is that um, I think people are romanticizing the backup quarterback situation that other teams have. Yeah, we'll, we'll just have to uh, we'll, we'll have to check and see what T.J. Rubley is doing <laughs> yeah, nowadays. That's true. Um, there are not a lot of situations. We've honestly been a little spoiled in that regard, too, is that all of Favre's backups ended up leaving and becoming Pro Bowlers. <laughs> exactly. That's not typical. And you have a lot of... I mean, we don't know with Brett Hundley yet. It could be a disaster. But again, you drafted this guy, you've developed him, and if he turns out to be bad, that's either on ta- uh, Ted or Mike. But truthfully, I think the Packers have one of the better backup situations. There aren't a lot of uh, Joe Montana, Steve Young situations anymore. And, and, you, and if you bring somebody in, you undermine the confidence. Not forget about Joe Callahan because he's third. You know, he's the third quarterback. You undermine Brett Hundley's because what you're saying is we expect you to fail. Yeah. <laughs> and so when you fail, we've got somebody waiting in the wings for you. Yeah. Oh my gosh, what kind of message is that before you've even played one? full game in the NFL. So I don't think you can do that. Uh, you have a bye week coming up. If you want to have a short list out there, yeah. that's totally fine. I'm not exactly sure who's on that short list. Especially now with how many injuries there have been. Oh, my gosh. Who could possibly be out there outside of Romo and Kaepernick that can help your team when a third of the NFL needs a quarterback? Right. You know, we had a, we had a quarterback by the name of Sean Golden uh, for both the storm and the force, I'm gonna have to give him a call because you know he could throw deep, and he was uh, he was a heck of a quarterback. I think he's in the financial field now, but uh, wonder if his arm is still warmed up. I can give him a call. And uh, you, you're right. They're, they're I just... certainly want a guy managing my money named Sean Gold. Yeah, exactly right. And he's super good guy too. Amazing father, super good guy. Um, but 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 more importantly, the, the the point really is you have enough quarterbacks. That, you, you know, you were desperate before anybody went down. Yeah. You had, you had bad quarterback situations. Look at the Jets. Yeah. For goodness sake, you have bad quarterback situations before anybody gets hurt. And yeah. now you're six <laughs> games in. You, you've had quarterbacks go down left and right. Anybody who is out there has been picked up already. So Who's let's... on the waiver wire when a team in July says, well, Josh McCown's the best we can do. Yeah, exactly right. He's uh, playing okay, but still, give me a break. Um, so, so listen, you got to dance with the one that brung you. And, uh, and it will either uh, say that, that your plan along the way has been a good one or it will indict the plan and you have to do something else. Absolutely. Corey Ben, another one of our longtime great fans, says, First things first, put Rodgers on ice until next year. I don't want him to return before the end of the year, even if he can. The season will likely be lost by that time, and Rodgers turns 34 next month. The Cowboys rushed Tony Romo back after seven weeks when he broke his collarbone in his age 35 season. That's 2015. And Romo promptly rebroke the collarbone and wasn't heard from again until he went to the broadcast booth. Which is true. He got injured in the preseason yeah, the next year. Right, that right, exactly. was basically the last game he ever started was when he broke his collarbone. If we're lucky, we'll get five more quality seasons from Rodgers. I'd rather not see that jeopardized so that we can win a couple of meaningless December games to get to 8-8 eight and eight or something. At this point, the only question is whether we want them to scrape together enough wins to stay in contention or lose so we can have a high... Uh, 
draft high and reload for 2018. Given that I was declaring last year that the Thompson-McCarthy regime would never win another Super Bowl, you'll probably be surprised to hear that I'm inclined to lean towards the lose so much the whole thing gets blown up. Not having Rodgers around to paper over our blemishes is going to expose all of the flaws in how Ted Thompson builds this roster and how McCarthy runs the team, just as it did in 2013. We're feeling the impact of letting Josh Sitton and TJ Lang go for nothing. Hunley is going to be a sitting duck behind that line, and our running backs aren't good enough to overcome a bad line and take pressure off of them. Our defense bright spots like Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark notwithstanding still only looks marginally better than it was last year. Losing Rodgers would hurt any team, but you know what? The Patriots lost Tom Brady for four games last year, and they went 3-1 and one without him. Any great team should have an identity and something to hang their hats on behind beyond just one player we're not getting to that level until McCarthy Thompson and Capers are gone and while I'm at it throw the strength and conditioning staff in that pile something must be wrong for our preparation and conditioning when we're losing guys every five plays and several position groups are literally running out of players um a lot there I think I agree fantastic first of all he just summarized everything we just talked about he's dead on uh, that's a fantastic, a fantastic post because I think you really encapsulize everything that's going on with the Packers right now. Absolutely. And I think the only thing that, and it's nitpicky, but um, I don't, as far as the depth of the offensive line, this is an unprecedented level right. of injury right. to one position group. I I don't know how you could have prepared for this. Well, I don't think you can. And if there's one, one to be perfectly honest, if there's one position that you can find on the waiver wire. I mean, you know, now they're, are they going to be as good? Not at all. But there's tons and tons of six foot five, 320 pound guys out there who played left tackle in college. Are they nearly as good as Bakhtiar? Absolutely not. But, you know, but just as much as there aren't quarterbacks just laying around, you have a lot of talented linemen out there um, who, who need to get coached up, you know, and, and James Campen had done an amazing job already. Uh, I don't know if he's going to like cut out paper dolls now and put them out <laughs> at the offensive tackle, but you can find offensive uh, offensive linemen out there. What you have to do though is you have to know who you are. Yeah. So if you have offensive linemen, you have to drive block with a fullback. You have to control the ball. You have to keep it. You know, you have to keep it out of the offense's hands and control the clock because you're not the Green Bay Packers anymore. You're not the yeah. Green Bay Packers who throw the ball down the field and score in five plays. Yeah, you, you're not. You, that's the picture we have, but that's not our team going forward starting next week. Yeah. And so that identity has to fundamentally change because if you're trying to, to make Brent Hundley uh, into, uh, you know, into Aaron Rodgers or you're trying to make, um, you know, one of our seventh offensive linemen into David Bakhtiari, you're, really, you're fooling yourself. Yeah, they're really that's a great point about the identity because – they're going to need a true team identity because their offensive identity since probably Aaron Rodgers returned from his last collarbone injury is Aaron, do something. Aaron, do something. Exactly right. And, and listen, you have teams who win in the NFL with an average defense and a really good running game. You really do. And a short passing game. You totally have, you have teams who have absolutely won. Uh, I don't know if they've – you have tons of – as a matter of fact, many teams who who have average quarterbacks, that's the only offense they have, <laughs> yeah. run the football and throw five yard outs and throw it to the tight end. So so the model exists. We we just we have to stop fooling ourselves that we are the team that we all hoped we'd be when the season started, because we're not that team anymore. And to Corey's other comment I love how you talked about a lot of the stuff that we were kind of wrestling with in our heads because I don't know how I feel about – that's what I said. How, how do I cheer for these games? What am I asking for? And you saying that you hope that it falls apart and they can blow it up and start over and even implying doing so without McCarthy, Thompson, and Capers, 
there's a part of me that really wants to see that. I would hate to see Aaron Rodgers' whole career being under Mike McCarthy. I like both guys, but it would be interesting just from a pro sure, football standpoint. Sure. But how fast could you rebuild it? Well, listen, if you if you do that, you're talking about a rebuild here. I, you know, without Aaron Rodgers cuz you got what 4 years. Exactly right. So so you you listen, I don't think we can wish for a rebuild because basically what we've said is we've seen the best of Aaron Rodgers. We've had 25 years of great quarterbacking, two Super Bowls, probably should have had four yeah. at least, uh wins at least. Um and so I I I'm, I'm you know, I would love to see a change. So you don't have to blow up the whole thing. Yeah. But if you if you let Ted retire with with honor and you let Dom retire with honor yeah. and you promote from within, you keep Mike McCarthy as the as the glue that holds things yeah. together, you promote from within. Now you can build this thing for people who have been, you know, you've got people who are under Ted Thompson and and under Dom Capers who are sitting there going, yeah. "Okay, he's my boss. So I'm not going to say anything, but I know exactly what I would do." Yep. And these are talented player yeah. or talented coaches who have yep. been in the NFL for 10 or 15 years. Um, new blood. I'm just telling you, new blood, new ideas bring all kind of for the players. Don't send me out there with the same plan we've been losing with and tell me we just try harder. Yeah, that's the worst plan ever. Bring me a new idea, new energy, new concept, new scheme, and I will I will buy in and I will go 100 miles an hour for you. Um, and I think those are the kind of changes that would be the best thing for this team. I like that. That's a very good strategy as a quick rebuild. So um, maybe we can see that happening. One thing we also noticed about the Packers when they're in dire straits is I, I raise my voice a lot and it goes really <laughs> high. So I, I apologize. I hope that's not too annoying. Daniel Johnson, another one of our great longtime fans. I have to agree with Corey Bend. Leave Rodgers out for the rest of the season. Uh, he rushed back from the last injury. Hundley might do well once he starts getting more first-team reps. It does seem like the season is lost now. I really thought Green Bay had a good chance, and it was time to go all-in. I think that all the other injuries really are going to make it tough for Hundley. I asked my friend who is a Redskin fan what it's like to be a fan of a team not making the playoffs because I do not have enough experience with this. There are people thinking we should sign Romo or Kaepernick. I say let Hunley try this uh, his best before going that route. I recently watched Super Bowl uh, 32 again for the first time since it originally aired. I forgot about Green Bay doing uh, going with Freeman and Brooks at kick returner, punt returner. Do you remember that? What was your thoughts? Seems risky with the injuries being tire, uh, tired for the upcoming series. Uh, and being tired. Sorry, Daniel, I'm butchering this. Not like today where there aren't many returns. Also, all those turnovers really cost us. I didn't think we should have been 14 points favorites, but I did think we should have won the game. Elway and Denver wanted it more. Um, I would love to talk about Super Bowl 32. I think we'll do that next time, Daniel, because I'm just too brokenhearted today. But, but I think Daniel makes a good point. The points have to come from somewhere else. And yeah. you, you, you alluded to that earlier. The turnovers need to come from somewhere else, but you need big plays on defense and you need big plays in the special teams. Listen, this is these are the kind of times where you run reverses on kickoffs. This is a, these are the times when you run fake punts. Yeah. You know that you have to do things out of character because you can't let one part of your team carry you anymore. And it it really can it can unleash a ton of creativity mm-hmm. because in the past you've got all these, you know, Ron Zook, let's hope he's got these great uh, great, you know, fake field goals and those kind of things, and we, which we've seen rarely in the yep. past from the Packers, but we've seen them. But you know that that in the past they've just gone, no, no, let's not do that because we've we've got Aaron and he'll pull it out for us, and we don't want to let that out of the bag. Yeah. Well, now you better empty your bag because yeah. uh, because what you got left is 
you know, let all your creativity fly. Let average players. So, so if it's players and scheme, yeah. And now your players are average. Your scheme has to be above average or yeah. outstanding. Yeah. And our scheme has to change to get to that level. And as far as the risk taking aspect of it, I think Mike McCarthy has shown in the limited time he's had to coach without Aaron Rodgers that he's absolutely willing to do that. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get an onside kick um, early in the game against sure. against New Orleans. Sure. So look for that, I guess. Uh, Omade Mousley, also one of our great fans. It's a very sad turn of events. Very sad to lose a guy of his caliber. I'm very torn as to what I want for this team. While another run of the Super Bowl is the goal every year, it seems the best option is blow it up, go four and twelve, and draft Saquon Barkley. That would be fun. <laughs> also, I don't know the root of the problem, but every trainer slash conditioner on the team needs to go. Fifty three guys can't be pieces of glass every year. Hopefully, the organization will act in the best interest of the future. Take it very slow with Rodgers and move forward. Let's hope for the best because life still goes on and this roster must have a fire in them to fight for their leader so i hope you're right in that aspect um man let me just make a comment here so so i'm a i'm a former uh process guy from manufacturing kind of process guy and and as far as these injuries i know everyone's frustrated about it but but i think the, the Packers need to bring somebody in from the outside, not even from football, yeah. who's a process guy that all they do is they analyze tendencies and they analyze why things happen. Yeah. Because when when you have this many injuries, this many years in a row, and you just, you know, you change, oh, we're going to change the strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. There's something fundamentally different. Yeah. And and you have to have somebody from the outside because the person from the outside is the one who can say, hey, the emperor has no clothes. Sure. When everyone else is telling the emperor how yeah. beautiful they look, well, the emperor, if you know that story. I right? do, the, yeah. And, and so you need somebody who can just say, well, listen, here are the similarities between all the injuries. Yeah. Here's the, here's the age of the player. Here's the kind of play that they were on. Yeah. Here's, you know, this, we got to fix this. But, but right now you don't have anybody – uh, outside the organization, taking a look at it, and 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 you know maybe you didn't feel like you needed to, but seriously, can is there any way to look at this and say ah it's just coincidence for the fourth year in a row, yeah. even longer than that? Yeah. I mean it's going back to the Super Bowl, but right. yeah, I don't know. Maybe Mike can come in. Here's our consultants, guys. Let's uh, treat them the Packer way. Get them a cigarette and a root beer float. <laughs> Get them a bacon cheeseburger and show them some great hospitality that we're used to. And make here. sure he doesn't slip on that water on the floor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. Um, The other aspect, so everybody's kind of wrestling with uh, how, I mean, I said this before, but kind of how they want this season to unfold. As far as Aaron coming back or not, it seems like all of our commenters, and again, appreciate the great comments, don't want necessarily Aaron to return. And I think I'm on that same boat, provided it depends on how the injury is, because I still think we're a little bit in the dark, especially they, they told us that he's going to have the surgery, but we're not quite sure what that means necessarily. And I guess it depends if there's a lot of scenarios that could happen yet. And so maybe we have to see it play out because let's say you're nine and seven and you win the division, but Brett Hundley doesn't play that well, but the rest of the team rides around. The NFC is so bad this year. Wouldn't you like to give it a go with Aaron Rodgers? I, I think you make that decision based on whether you have a chance to win a Super Bowl, because because everything else is uh, is putting him at risk for absolutely no reason. Yeah. So so you get to that point where he's healed, and again, I I have a lot of confidence in the in the medical staff up there. They seem to be incredibly competent uh, after the injury happens. Yeah. I don't know what's going on before the injury happens. The um, root beer floats. They got to do some of it. <laughs> but but they, you know, you're at a point where you say. 
is our team good enough to win the Super Bowl if Aaron Rodgers comes back and plays well? Mm-hmm. If the answer is no, you sit him the rest of the year. Yeah. I mean, you could, you know, if the door is open yeah. and, and you, you know, because you came together, you now have a running game and you change your defense and now, oh my gosh, we had Aaron Rodgers. We really are, we're not only a contender, we're probably a favorite. Yeah. If that's not absolutely clear, you absolutely you let a 33-year-old man who gets hit by 300-pounders, yeah. you let him heal so that yeah. it doesn't happen again and you don't have, you know, you don't have Aaron Rodgers up in the announcer's booth, yeah. you know, yeah. as a color commentator next year like uh that's like what happened to Romo. But it's a different calculated risk than it was in 2013. Like you said, if you think that this is a wide open field and the risk of re-injury yeah. is not bad, you got to take your shot. Sure. He's a 34-year-old man. He might not have another uh, a lot of great shots. You got to take them all, I yeah, think. I, and and your analysis of all the free agents that are coming up, yeah. um the time is now. Yep. So, absolutely. I know what they're eating. Because it was shown so many times during the game, and uh, uh, Corey and I were joking about this on Twitter, it's clear that probably what they're eating that's hurting their health so much is that uh, carved turkey sandwich with the cranberry mustard from <laughs> Subway. Which too much Subway. <laughs> I hope nobody's actually ordering that. They're eating too fresh is <laughs> probably the problem here. I guarantee there's nothing fresh about that carved turkey sandwich that... <laughs> I really want to go to Subway and mess with some of those people and order like the meatball marinara with the cranberry mustard and see if they'll like have the police escort me out of the store. Well, listen, if it were that simple, we would we would had to answer on our, on our so so I want to I just want to uh sign off for my part of this uh yeah. by saying listen. Um if you've never cheered for a bad Packer team, this is the time we're going to find out who the real fans are. Yeah. And, and and I'm going to sound like an old guy here and I super don't care. Uh we lived through the better part of 29 years with absolutely no hope of this team doing anything other than showing up on Sunday (laughs) with no expectation of winning. And you've had a lot of people jump on that bandwagon in the last 20 years. And, and you know, that's awesome. You want to be a Packer fan? Yeah. You be a Packer fan through thick and thin, and it might be thin for a little bit here. uh, But as long as we see progress, I think that's what everyone's saying is, okay, great. Show me we can create a running game. Show me that we can create a defense, and, and I'll stay with you. Yeah. If the answer is just let's wait till Aaron comes back, I think you're going to lose an awful lot of people in the process. I think you're right, and and that's a great um, way to end it. I think that for me the compromise is everybody gets until Sunday at noon to just feel bad about themselves and say it's the end of the world and I never want to watch this team again and football's ruining my life. You're allowed to say that, but – all of us true fans, when Brett Hundley runs through that tunnel as the starter for the very first time at Lambeau Field, undoubtedly something he's been looking forward to for his entire life, we're all going to be on his team. Yeah, I think so. And again, if you go to that game, be as loud as you can. You want you want to show that you support Aaron Rodgers, show that you support the Packers. Absolutely. And show that, you know, whether you agree or disagree with the coaches or the players that we've chosen, when the, when the, when the, when the ball gets kicked off, you're either on the boat or you're off the boat. And I hope we have uh, you know some eighty thousand fans on the boat and really cheering for this team, regardless who lines up under center starting next week. Absolutely. And if you beat the Saints, that's going to set off a spark that might run wild. You get belief is an amazing thing. You start, you get a a, a little uh, bit of a little spark of belief, and that thing can turn into a fire really fast. Absolutely. And so, thank you everyone for commenting on the Facebook page, Daniel. I promise we'll get to that Super Bowl thirty two talk. Although I don't know what you're doing to me. So Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. I'm worried we're never going to win another championship. And then you bring up the game that cost the Holmgren era immortality. It's like, gosh, kick a guy when he's down. 
But yeah, oh, there's that, that, a... it'll be very interesting to analyze that game though because, like him, I haven't been able to watch it. Like oh. I can't even watch. It comes on. Uh, it comes on the NFL channel. Um, you know, we'll talk about that when we do yeah. that. And just, I, I want to leave the room because, you know, I just, I just, the, I, I'm not sure that pain has gone away. But, but I think it'll be a great conversation at some point when we analyze what actually happened. Absolutely. So, if you want to contribute to the conversation, you can do so on the Facebook page, Green and Gold Forever Podcast on Facebook. You can also tweet at us at Green Gold Forever. Uh, Chris, uh, I don't know if you've heard this, but that's the number four. Well, so be like 34, which will be the age that Aaron Rodgers is likely when he takes the next snap for the Green Bay Packers. Absolutely, that's. Sad but true. Um, also, you can uh, follow us on YouTube, Green Gold Forever on YouTube. We got some old archive stuff on there, and hopefully some more stuff in the future. Also, you can email us Green and Gold Podcast at Gmail dot com. The best way to follow the show, um, you can do so on your desktop. I sound like a guy from like nineteen ninety eight when I say like <laughs> on the desktop. But uh, you can go to our website, greengoldforever.podbean.com. Obviously, it's accessible through your mobile device as well. Uh, our complete archives on there, as well as blogs and other things that we have uh, going on through the years. But the best way to stay up with the show is probably uh, by following the podcast on two different apps one is the itunes app which i just checked i don't know if they changed things or if i was messing with the settings our complete archives are now available on the itunes that's app. fantastic that's that's hours and hours and hours of amazing content days days and days probably on there i mean we've been doing this for five and a half years now and uh, so if you want to listen to that the other time aaron Rodgers got injured um perhaps if you want to some hope for the rest of the year, maybe listen to the Matt Flynn comeback game on January or I'm, I'm sorry, December sixteenth of two thousand thirteen when he came back from twenty what twenty three down in, in Dallas, the, right? In Dallas, the biggest comeback in Packer history. So we have a great episode relating to that. But all of that can be found on the iTunes app. Uh, please subscribe to us there and also uh, rate and leave a review if you're so inclined. And the Podbean app, also a personal favorite of mine. Well, complete archives available on there. Download the Podbean app and follow Green and Gold Forever on there. So. Chris, I think as far as we've speculated a lot about what could happen to this team, realistically, I think we're completely still in the dark because we haven't seen Brett Hundley get a chance to prepare himself as the starting quarterback. So we'll save the long-term predictions of what will happen over these 10 games. We'll at least give the kid one game to prove what he has. What uh, are you hoping to see, and what do you expect we'll see? Well, so so first of all, I want to make a, a general comment. You've needed the Packers for a long time while they were winning. The Packers need you as far as the fans go. The Packers need you now to stay with them and, and, and be true to them. Uh, I think you're going to know very quickly, if on the first offensive series, Brett Hundley is trying to throw out of the pocket the whole time, we're in trouble. If if we're running naked bootlegs and he's got some read option stuff and we're showing them some unscouted looks, then I think you can have a really interesting game next week. And so what I want I just want to see something different yeah. on the defense, on the offense, on the special teams. I want to see some surprised looks on the Saints eyes saying, Where did that come from? The Packers have been so predictable for so many years. We've never seen that. And if you see that, it, it not only gives faith to the players, but it, it gives you faith in the in the coaching staff to say, you know, we aren't who we were, but mm-hmm. we are who we are, and we can do really great things with who we are. Yeah, that's I agree with everything you've said there, and I want to see them uh, not play conservatively with Brett Hundley, and honestly, I don't think they will. They didn't with Matt Flynn. I remember that game when Flynn started at the Patriots, and right out the gate, they're throwing downfield right. like, hey, we're not afraid. This guy can come after you too. We still have great receivers. We'll figure it out. And... Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's let Brett Hundley get a chance to shine. Let's let's let uh, you know let's let Devontae Adams 
earn that new, you know, $10 million a year contract, throw a ball up 50 yards up and, uh, and let him go up and get it. Cause if you've ever seen him dunk yeah. <laughs> on YouTube, he can go and go up and get it with the best of them. And if you want to loosen up a defense and help your running game, uh, pop one, uh, over the top and let your guy be more athletic than them and let him go get it. And you will watch that defense back up. Absolutely. So let's all go in with the, uh, highest of hopes and reasonable expectations and see what happens. Green and Gold Forever is not going to go anywhere. We're not jumping off the bandwagon. If it gets really bad, we'll just talk about every single history thing we haven't been able to talk about. We may have to start calling it Black and Blue Forever with the uh, all the injuries that's that are going true. on. But listen, we are going to be here uh, next week after next week's game, and we're going to talk about what we saw from, from the team, from the coaches, from the strategy, and, uh, and what that really means for the rest of the season. And if they stink, we're going to talk about Irv Comps, 1940 for a season when he led the team to a championship so um, we'll do that all right so thank you so much for joining us today and uh we'll see what happens better days ahead here we go there are there certainly are days ahead but (laughs) we'll we'll see what uh, that all entails thank you so much go pack absolutely go pack take care everyone